John Quincy Adams, second child and oldest son of John Adams, second president of the United States, was the sixth U.S. president. He and his father had the distinction of probably having been two of the least effective presidents, even though both were dedicated patriots. They were well educated at a time when many people could not even sign their own names, let alone write a letter. John Quincy Adams also fathered a son whom he named John in honor of his father. To keep the three John Adamses straight, in this book the father shall be referred to as John Adams, the subject of this writing as John Quincy, and his son as John Adams II, or John II. As noted, John Adams was the second president of the United States. He followed Washington after having been Washington's vice president. Before his presidency, he served as a diplomat in Europe, first under the auspices of Benjamin Franklin, then on his own. John Adams helped to write and manage the peace treaty that ended the Revolutionary War. During his second sojourn to Europe, John Adams took John Quincy as his traveling companion, leaving Abigail, John Quincy's mother, at home to care for Nabby, the oldest child and daughter, and John Quincy's younger brothers. John Adams was described as a quiet, somewhat door man, who was well-read in law and had an excellent turn of phrase with a pen. John Quincy was in many ways a diplomatic asset, as his boyish innocence charmed many who would otherwise have given the father little notice. Once the war was over, John Adams continued his diplomatic service and was joined by Abigail and Nabby, a nickname that was short for Abigail to avoid having two women of the same name. John Quincy continued his education in Europe. This probably accounted for some of his later inability to make connection with his countrymen. It also gave John Quincy the opportunity to sow a few wild oats while learning the ropes from junior diplomats in Europe. It was thus that he was mentored by Thomas Jefferson and spent a winter in Russia, and also made a wide detour through Sweden, where he was much impressed by the beautiful women in that country. It was during this latter European tour that he encountered what he considered slavery for the first time, because many parts of Europe, including Poland, still practiced feudalism. It was here also that he witnessed religious discrimination of an extreme sort. In his turn, John Quincy would act as a diplomat, first under Washington and then during his father's presidency. When Jefferson was voted in, the father recalled the son, rather than having him be stranded in Europe with no means of support. Upon his return, John Quincy would bring with him an English-born American wife, whose father's fortune had foundered thanks to a ship lost at sea and a Jeffersonian scuttling of his diplomatic position in England. This left John Quincy little to do but teach or practice law, neither of which suited him particularly at the time. Perhaps his best and most effective position was eight years spent as Secretary of State to Monroe. He had seen how an antagonistic cabinet could ruin a presidency, and he determined to support his president in every way possible. In those days, the Secretary of State was a compilation of duties that included overseeing national intelligence and diplomacy, a position for which John Quincy was admirably suited. As a president, however, John Quincy was remarkably ineffective. Not only did he have a difficult time relating to the average American citizen, who primarily was concerned with having a scrap of land of his own and living independently, he was hamstrung at every turn by political adversaries. To compound the problem, he had an idealistic view that the president should represent the nation, not a particular party or personal point of view. In many ways, he did not want the presidency, but realized that his career as a diplomat and civil servant had not suited him for farming or other ordinary work. He served only one term in office as president, but he was not to languish long on his ancestral acreage. 
The people of Quincy coaxed him into being their representative and voted him into office over and over again. There he distinguished himself by introducing bill after bill that was voted down, and of frequently being the dissenting vote for popular presentations. In spite of this, he became known as Old Eloquence and the Safe of Quincy, possibly because, after the fact, his ideas and ideals were shown to have remarkably good sense.